Good morning. How you guys doing? Good? That's good. Love the weather, as Alex was saying. I feel like spring's actually here, which is always nice. Um, like I said, I'm David. I'm the youth pastor here at Polaris. I have the honor of hanging out with students and uh, being a part of their lives. Um, I have a one-year-old, and he's awesome. His name's Liam. And he's getting to that stage of life where he's watching me and starting to kind of try to imitate me, which is scary. Um, and he's great. The, you know, my wife and I got sick a couple weeks ago, and, and, and at that time, uh, he decided he's going to climb on things. So imagine we're both very sick, and we have this slide that someone gave us for his birthday. And we've been walking him through, you know, sliding down the slide. So then my wife and I, who are sitting in our chairs, very tired and not feeling well, look over to our slide, and he's sitting on top of it by himself. And then we knew life's going to be different. And so as he's watching me, my desire for my son is to be the best example for him in all that I do. That's, that's something that I want to give my son. And, and one of the things, a part of that is I, I want him to have a fulfilling life. Like That's like a goal for I think a lot of parents have for their children is to have a fulfilling life and in particular a fulfilling relationship with God as well. But as we talk today through the story of Joseph, to get to the point of having a fulfilling life we need to protect our integrity at all costs. Now, integrity is defined as simply as, you know, being honest, you know, being moral, doing the right thing. And having integrity at all costs is so important, especially if we desire to have a closer relationship with Christ. And as we look through the story of Joseph, we're going to see his life and how he stood for integrity in moments where a lot of us may not have. And we're going to learn through that story on certain aspects and how we can keep our integrity. So his story happens at the end of Genesis. And, you know, kind of a little background, he's the favorite of his father Jacob because he had him at such an old age. His brothers, who weren't very happy with this, uh, got very upset one day um, because he had a dream. And in this dream, it basically was interpreted that his brothers will one day bow down to him. Now, if you're a sibling, and if you've ever had an issue with a sibling before, you understand there's some jealousy there, and especially in this case. And so one day, this jealousy turns into action. And the brothers decide to kill Joseph. But right at the very end, before they're about to, you know, actually do the deed, one of them said, hey, he's our brother. We can't kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery, because that's better. And so that's what happens. And he's sold into slavery. He's sold to a man by the name of Potiphar, who is a commander of the Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. And our story that we're going to pick up happens there. 
Genesis 39, starting at verse 1. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. Skip down to verse 6. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph, he did not have to worry about a thing except what kind of food he was going to eat, which is a good life. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because he, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. But she kept on pursuing him day after day. But he refused to sleep with her. One day, however, when no one else was around, he went to work. She came, grabbed him by the cloak, and demanded, come and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, leaving his cloak behind, running from the home. We have to protect our integrity at all costs. Because when we do, it leads to a fulfilling relationship with God. And that includes temptation. Now, we all have our temptations in life. We all have things that that tempt us. And to each of us, it's unique in a way. And we have Joseph here, who has a major temptation, basically right in his face every day. But he's able to say the magic word, which is no. Now, I know from my own personal walk with God, it's it's not always easy to say no to our temptations. And And I believe in our society today, professional athletes probably have it the worst. Uh, This is Philip Rivers. Um, He plays for the San Diego Chargers. Now, now he is a Christian, um, and he's a a decent quarterback. And he has temptations that I personally can probably never understand because I don't have his fame and I don't have his money. Uh, But in a 2012 interview, he comes out and says, listen, the hardest thing to say is no. Even when it comes to things that aren't right or wrong, we don't want to disappoint people. But when we start to say it over and over again, people start to realize who we are and what we stand for. Like I said, he has temptations that I can't fathom because I'm not Philip Rivers. I don't have his fame or or his money. But I have my own temptations. And regardless of your circumstance, if we're going to keep our integrity at all costs, we have to say no and stand up to temptation. 
Does that mean that we're going to always succeed against our temptations? Most likely not. We're going to fall. But it's, it's what we do after that. Are we able to pick ourselves back up? Sorry. Back up and say no. And maybe your temptation is the thing that that keeps you up at night. Maybe there's that porn site that once the lights go out and and your family goes to sleep, it calls your name. And you fight that, and it's difficult. Maybe to some of us, our circumstances have been so bad, and we face so much pain in our lives to a point that to avoid the pain... We will hide and lie to the people who are closest to us because we don't want to feel it. We don't want to live through that pain again. And we all know what happens when we fall to temptation. We have the guilt. We have the the frustration. We have the, the heartache, the pain. But if we desire a fulfilling life and a fulfilling relationship with God, we, we must keep our integrity at all costs which means we must stand up and say no to our temptations. I said, Joseph had someone basically pulling him aside, begging him to sin, and he was able to face that. And I know, like in my life, I feel there's times where sin is grabbing me by the shirt, begging me to sin. But I want to keep my integrity. And it's so important. So Joseph's story continues. And, and, and like I said, Joseph said no. Which to us, great. He keeps his integrity. That's awesome. But just because you do the right thing doesn't mean everyone in this world is going to like it. So our story continues. Genesis 39, starting at verse 13. When she saw that she was still holding his cloak and he fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came rushing in. Look, my husband brought this Hebrew slave to make fools of us. He came into my room and he raped me. And I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran out and got away, but he left his cloak behind. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home and told him the story. That Hebrew slave that you brought home tried to come in and fool around with me, but when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving me his cloak. Potiphar was furious when he heard the story from his wife and how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him in prison where the king's prisoners were held. There he remained. Some of you have been in Joseph's shoes. You've done the right thing. Some of you guys may work for businesses and and you stood up for integrity. And that integrity cost your company money. And now you have a boss and and coworkers looking to to take you down and get rid of you because of that. Maybe maybe some of you, you know, coach 
your son or daughter's sports teams. And it's very easy to play just the good players because you want to win. But instead, you say, no, everyone needs to play. This is what it's about. It's about everyone getting experience. And, and so you play your kids regardless of your record. And now you have parents talking behind your back, trying to get rid of you. You're doing the right thing. But sometimes that's not always popular. And we see that in Joseph. He, he's thrown in prison. But if we desire a fulfilling relationship with God, a fulfilling life, we need to keep our integrity at all costs. There is a court case going on in Maryland in a, a county called Carroll County. And this court case is, is basically an injunction on, on the uh, commissioners there. And the injunction is very simple. It's, it says, listen, for, for decades, they opened their commissioners meeting in prayer. And the injunction says, that's fine. You're going to open in prayer, but we don't want you to use the word Jesus, God, or Savior. So to the, these three-person committee, they were like, look, well, then why are we praying? So one commissioner by the name of Robin Frazier, uh, the Monday after the injunction was filed, opens up the committee and says, listen, here's what's going on. I don't feel it's right. I'm willing to go to jail for this. And she opens the committee up in prayer using the words that she was told not to. Now, regardless where you come off on a political world, she stood up for what she felt was the right thing to do. She felt that her integrity was in question if she did not do what she was supposed to do in her prayer. And now her and the other two gentlemen on the committee now face a $10,000 fine for every prayer used. But she's standing firm. She's doing the right thing. She's standing for integrity. And maybe for some of us who do not have the most be the best of circumstances, we find it hard. Because we tell ourselves that, you know, we've done the right thing and now we're being punished for it. But to have a fulfilling relationship with God and have a fulfilling life, we need to protect that integrity. We need to stand up for our character and what is right, regardless of what people may think of us, regardless what people may even do to us. Because we, we look, as we look through Joseph's life, when he stands up for his integrity, God allows him to succeed. Now, in our lives, as we stand up for integrity, he will allow us to succeed. Now, now maybe not exactly the way we have planned in our own minds what success is, but God will allow us to succeed in his way. And so as we read forward, as Joseph is now in prison, he's faced with something that's very interesting. Genesis 39, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite among the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. 
over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So once again, we find Joseph in a position where he's rising in the ranks of the Egyptian kingdom. And our story tells us that the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has this dream. And that Joseph is asked to interpret this dream. And the dream is interpreted simply as, for the next seven years, there's going to be an abundance of food. There's going to be beautiful weather and the harvests are going to be great. But then seven years after that, there's going to be a famine. That's going to be basically wiping out whatever they can make for food. So after Joseph steps forward and and interprets the stream, the Pharaoh sees him as something of someone special and basically puts him in charge of preparing Egypt for this time to the point where Joseph is now the second in command. There's Pharaoh and there's Joseph. It's pretty impressive. And so it happens. Seven years of, of abundance Joseph prepares by storing the extra food, and then the famine hits. And food is scarce. And then we find Joseph's family in need of Joseph's help. Genesis 42, verse 1. When Jacob, who was Joseph's father, heard that the grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why are you still standing here looking around at one another? I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough to keep us alive. Otherwise, we will die. So now Joseph's brothers are about to meet Joseph again face to face after believing that he is long gone out of their lives. Verse 6, Since Joseph was the governor of Egypt... And in charge of selling the grain to all people, it was him his brothers came to. When they arrived, they bowed down before him, their faces on the ground. So Joseph's dream comes true. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but pretended that he was a stranger and spoke to them harshly. Where are you from, he demanded. Now, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. So Joseph has the people that hurt him. Exactly where a lot of us want people that have hurt us. In a position of justice. In a position to bring revenge upon them. And Joseph has a little fun with his brothers. Puts them in jail for a couple days. Then sends them home. Because he has a purpose. He wants to see all of his brothers. Because the youngest brother was kept at home. And there comes a moment where all of his brothers come back to Egypt and he's standing before them and and he's full of emotion. In Genesis 45, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him and word quickly carried through Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize 
that Joseph was standing in front of them. He says, please come closer. I am Joseph, the brother who you sold into slavery. Don't be upset and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me before you to preserve your lives. Regardless of our circumstances, we need to protect our integrity at all costs. Because when we do, it leads to a fulfilling life. And for some of us, that means finding forgiveness. See, Joseph had all the power in the world. He could have killed his brothers, put them in slavery. He could have kicked them out with no food and allowed them to starve to death. But he stood for what was right. He stood for integrity. And he found healing with the people that hurt him the most. And some of us understand that all too well. We understand that we live in a world that people and our events of our past that have really hurt us. And even if there's a, there's a small shred of justice, it still does not replace the emptiness and pain we feel. But we find that forgiveness. We bring that forgiveness. We find healing within that relationship, within that past. All of a sudden, life changes. All of a sudden, we have a more fulfilling life. And, and in fact, as, as we walk closer to God, we have a more fulfilling walk with him because we're standing up for our integrity. And sometimes that means swallowing our pride. Sometimes that means facing the thing that has hurt us and finding that forgiveness. So, so the story of Joseph ends the book of Genesis and it says that, that Joseph is reunited with, with his father Jacob and his brothers and, and he lives to the ripe old age of 110. And then he predicts the coming of Moses saying, hey, there's someone coming to bring you out of slavery. So what can we learn from Joseph? How does his story today impact us? Like I said, regardless of our circumstances, we need to protect our integrity because it will lead to a fulfilling life and fulfilling relationship with God. And like I said, some of us, that means facing that temptation. Maybe we have fell to this temptation over and over and over again. Maybe it is the same thing that has been haunting us our whole lives. But we want that relationship with God to be stronger and so we stand up and say, no, no more. Line in the sand. My integrity stands here. Maybe some of us have done the right thing and are maybe feel like they're being persecuted. Maybe feel like they're not, you know, doing the right thing has led to some their headaches. And for you, it's, it's continuing to stand and say, this is my integrity. Because when you do that, you... You build a stronger relationship, a more fulfilling relationship with God. Maybe for some of us, it's finding that forgiveness. It's so easy to hold on to bitterness and pain. In fact, the enemy kind of likes it. Because if he can keep you bitter, you can never feel the joy of God. And to stand firm on your integrity means to to find that healing regardless of your circumstances.
when we protect our integrity at all costs, it leads to a fulfilling relationship with God. Let's pray. Lord, we, we, we thank you for this day. I thank you for your sunshine. I thank you for the story of Joseph. Father, I thank you that, that you are someone that continues to give us forgiveness regardless of, of what we've been through and what we do. And, and Lord, I know that we want to have a more fulfilling relationship with you. And Lord, and each of us have that thing, those things that, that can stop that. Father, I ask you this to be with us today. Allow us to stand firm on what's right so we can have a more fulfilling relationship with you. Your sons, we pray, amen.